The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am joined by my co-host Brendan. Today we have a very special guest for you, your new overlord, the Frog Lord. Uh, thank you for gracing us with your presence, Hey! hey. Hurrah, baby, it's the Frog Lord! Yeah, I'm not going to keep up with the voice the whole time, that's hard work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've tried it in the past doing the, the Frog Lord voice for like an hour or whatever. And, you lose yeah, your it's voice? It's fucking hard work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyone listening at home, it, it might be a bit jarring, but like, hey, man, that's not the fucking Frog Lord. I promise you it is. <laughs> <laughs> we have visual confirmation. It is indeed him. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with your work or your, your mission, and do you want to just tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do? Uh, yeah, so Frog Lord is ultimately, it was a one-man Stoner Doom thing that i started during lockdown which was like three years ago now i guess um as a kind of way to something to do keep me occupied it kind of spiraled into hey this whole gimmick about frogs people liked so here we are three years later four albums down the line um yeah i sing about frogs there's a a storyline about the frog lord which is a um a demigod frog-like figure with death ray vision and ectoplasmic slime that protects the earth from the environmental destruction caused by humans and any other creatures that might come their way but that uh earthbound or otherwise as we find out in some albums I I absolutely love the amount of law that goes into it and especially yeah. um that's that split that you did with bog was it was just friggin' awesome yeah. the a frog yeah. in the bog. Uh I loved how yeah, you like, interwove it. Yeah, that was like unintentionally because obviously they've got their uh they do their whole concept storyline and they they basically like play I think they play like D&D campaigns and then they uh -huh. write albums based on that. Uh, Essentially, yeah. They yeah. Yeah, they they approached me first um Oh, cool. And about asking to do a split. And it was just like, yeah, it just makes sense to have these two worlds mesh together. It didn't like necessarily fit in with the exact narrative that I had for Frog Lord, but, you know, fits in with the Frog Law um, somewhere in the timeline. There you go. Was it like another dimension you have to create or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I, I didn't even really need to create any, like, there wasn't really any more like world building on top of it, I suppose. It just. It just made sense. It was like their their goofy nerd shit that they were doing, and <laughs> it fitted in what what I was doing. <laughs> do you have That's a comic kind of... about that? Like, do you have any kind of like uh like an actual like a book or something like that telling the story? No, with the um, so with the second album, the Mystic Toads, um, in the the vinyl, there was like uh, it was like an eight page comic book which some guy okay. drew up for us, and there was that included. That's the closest thing that I guess I've had to a book. Um. I've, I've thought about it in the past about writing something, but it's like, ah, I'd just rather focus on music. Like with every album, I do like a bit of writing on the in the actual cover. Yeah, never nice. anything like formally written down. Yeah. So I'm sure you get this a lot. Uh, why frogs? <laughs> yeah, fuck noise, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was... <laughs> uh, so it was over... There's not really an exact reason for it. Um, 
it was over lockdown. It was just after we went into lockdown in the UK about maybe three months, two, two, three months after I was like working on some black metal project at the time, which was really heavy and existential, like most black metal is. Um, and I was like, man, the world doesn't need this bullshit at the minute. They want to just have a bit of a goof around. And uh, I just moved into my girlfriend's. She was living with her sister as well at the time. And in our, so in the UK, we had an hour of government allotted time that we were allowed to go outside for. Um, <laughs> so in that time, we would go to the woods just down the road from us. Uh, we found this like big old swamp in the woods and found loads of tadpoles there. And I don't know, man, I just thought it'd be funny to write, a, start a band that had something to do with frogs. Main, <laughs> to be honest, um, <laughs> in that very first song that I wrote, The Frog Lords, um, there's a sample of you know alex jones's things like i'm tired of them putting chemicals in water that turn the friggin frogs gay <laughs> yeah. i just thought that would be fucking hilarious to put in a song uh like a stoner doom song <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how it happens i love wow. the uh the, the remixes of that rant as well like the or the club yeah. mixes of, of him turn the friggin frogs gay <laughs> yeah 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 like there's some really wacky shit out there. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually there's actually a uh, Alex Jones themed uh, death metal band, and uh, really, con- yeah, I have to find it and send it to you. It's hilarious, <laughs> and it's like a it's a concept based band about Alex Jones being abducted by aliens. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that man. Brilliant. <laughs> And it's full of samples. Yeah, he's, like, he's I, such... I, I don't think there's vocals. From memory, it's instrumental and then just a ton of samples of him shouting about stuff. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah. I do need to to uh, push it through at this point. Like, especially in like, the early days of Frog Lord, there was... Because um, Frogs, you get both, you know, the, the right-wing neo-Nazi, like, Pepe kind of community. And then you get, like, yeah. the LGBT. Like, the gays love the frogs, man. And, like, at the start... I had, I had like both of these communities, I guess, which were sort of gravitating. And I did have to be like, I'm not actually into that like right wing shit, man. Like, I know I had an Alex Jones sample, but fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that was it. Like, oh, a this guy gets it, man. <laughs> yeah. Like every single fucking thing I think goes up on online somewhere. There's always some comment. And like, I, I try and like, like or respond to most things. But if any, it's that, it's just like, nah, get fucked, man. I'm <laughs> how long do you see the frog law expanding for so you've got quite a bit you've done already do you see do you have a lot of concepts still in the works that you can think you can flesh out or are you kind of approaching an endpoint at some point um it's it's kind of a a question of really like how because the actual story itself i've probably got about at least two albums worth of story so like the first three albums were essentially like uh, the main storyline and Sons of Frog Lord started the prequel so there's two more of those to do um, and then I might do a sequel thing after that but it just depends how long the musical creativity I guess lasts right I mean and, that's I think it's the same for anyone really I make that makes total sense yeah I think this is uh because like quite a, you know quite common uh, especially on this album had comments a lot being like it's a very different style um and I think that's one way of allowing, you know, the story to progress is just jumping onto a new style. Slightly of course. Down. It's got to yeah. progress. Yeah, you mm. can't just do the same yeah. thing. I mean, you can do the same thing forever, but then you just become one of those bands uh, that you have a very niche fan base that just wants the same thing over and over and over and over again. And you never reach mm. anyone new. I mean, there's, there's 
yeah, you know, there's something to say for that. I mean, consistency can be good. Um, personally, yeah, I like to see fun. growth. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the stuff that I'm doing, Frog Lord, is you know, uh, particularly groundbreaking. It's not inventive stuff, but you know, it's different from the last thing that I did. I guess. That's sweet. Just, just really, is this a solo really, project? Oh, oh, oh I was gonna say, is, is it? Uh, you're, you're you're just doing this by yourself, right? The bands. Yeah, yeah. So all. all like the writing and stuff that's just me and then i've got the guys who play the live bands with um we, we like we keep talking about writing some music together um man it's hard to motivate a group of guys like especially like when everyone's working in that it's just i just find it easier to just do it myself <laughs> i was just going to say quickly um one of our other admins uh, is a massive fan of yours he reviewed uh the split that you did with bog wizard uh, he's just jumped on. He just wanted to say oh, hi and cool. tell you what he thinks of your music and ask a couple of questions. Hello, I'm I did, Yari. I did wonder who that was. Hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, I heard that. Uh, heard that we were interviewing you, and I just had to uh, had to come along and say hello. Um, okay. I, I was actually, you know, it's funny actually because I was actually just yesterday telling a few people to go listen to Army of Frogs. So. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so you, um, something I'm curious about because Frog in the Bog was, was such a great release. Mm. Um, are there any other, are there, do you have any other collabs maybe that you, you, you're working on? Uh, no, there's no, no like splits or anything like that coming up. Um, yeah, no, nothing like that in plans. I don't like, I've, I've had a couple of guys in the last year ask me to do some stuff um and it's i just i haven't really like had the right opportunity at the minute yeah. to do anything i'd be i'd be open to it i am not sure how much i meant to say ah, they, they won't mind um the guys at bog wizard we did always talk about doing second record i'm not gonna say the title of it, but it's fucking it's fucking hilarious if that will ever get done we'll, we'll see that is um, that is exciting that is very yeah, exciting kind of yeah it'd probably just be like carrying on that story of i need to actually i need to actually um do a few reels about about sons of frog lord because uh yeah yeah i need to do more i need to do more reels for reels about your work like a you know our real series the cave you may have seen it on our social yeah, media yeah. um do you have uh, something i'm curious about as well on the topic of collabs are there any um like if you could collab with if you could collab with just any bands like uh just like anybody that you think would be fun to work with like who would you who would you just love like dream collabs to do? Fuck man. Um big question, I know, but you know, uh, take take that for whatever you want. Yeah. Um I tell you what, so in the UK, there's this uh you, you might have heard him, uh Goblin Smoker. Um uh, like blackened, sludgy, like real heavy fucking stuff, man. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, not really like the the frog lord kind of sound, but uh that so their whole concept they write concept albums as well essentially about, about the toad king um i did after i released the first yeah. album I've been sending, I, did, I did reach out to them be like shit guys so i didn't realize you'd already have this like amphibian overlord thing going because i so, <laughs> so i've been sent sent their music from some other people they'd sent back be like yeah it's cool man it's stoner doom it's not like exactly original we're all ripping off sabbath but yeah. man i'd fucking <laughs> i'd fucking dig doing some kind of like concept split with them oh that's awesome i feel like i've i feel like they've come up in uh in cave dweller at some point before yeah 
The Brendan's shared it. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're, in the group. They're, yeah. they're pretty big in the UK. Yeah, kind of scene. Um, do you with some of the with some of this content um that you put out, like especially some of this, uh, you know, some of the story behind it? Do you do you play any tabletop RPGs? Yeah, I play D and D. Yeah, what? <laughs> <Could> you tell? <laughs> do you play um? With D and D, I mean, because I've been playing D and D for years, so I'm just I'm kind of curious. Because I had a feeling that I had a feeling that that Frog Lord seemed like a like an RPG kind of band. Do you play um, like what edition do you play? Do you play any old school kind of D and D, or do you play like, nah, like I've, I've only current I've only really ed? played I've only really played Five E, um, yeah. and that's uh, to be honest, only in the last couple of years. So Frog Lord started before I got into D and D. I've been wanting to for years. And then I moved down here to Bristol just uh, at the back end of lockdown. Yes. Met um, the, the guys that I was working with. They were all into it as well. So I was always like a D&D nerd at heart. And then it's only been in like the last couple of years. Into it. So I still haven't DM'd anything, but I've got some good ideas and stories. Or DMing is, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd make a, I mean, at least just based on having, having covered your work before. I'm, I mean, if, if you've got the, that level of creativity, I'm sure you'd make a fantastic DM. Um, and I, I, at least for me, like I'm somebody that with D and D wise, I, you know, I've been playing for a while, but like, I've been kind of, I was stuck as like a perma DM for a long time, but mm -hmm. um, like anybody Anybody that plays D and D, like, and and anybody listening to this, like, if you're listening to this and you play and you haven't DM'd, like, I would highly recommend everybody to give it a go because, like, you might feel intimidated by it at first, but once you do it, just run like a small dungeon or something, and you know, you may you may find you love it, and if you don't, it'll deepen your understanding of the game anyway. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't when I when I first got into it, I didn't expect it to be. Maybe it's the group I'm with. I don't know. But I didn't expect it to be as goofy and silly as it was yeah. i thought maybe there would be it'd be a bit too serious and everyone but right. like it's just a it's just an excuse for a group of mates to hang out like eat pretty much drink a couple of beers and i don't know it, it just it just leads to some know, great times really fun i think that's the vibe of D, &D. like a, a friend of mine that um a, a long-term friend of a long-time friend of mine he often he often says that like um he often says D and D is meant to be a little bit silly. It's meant to be fun. So I think that's the I think that's the vibe. At least when you've got a good group and you're all just kind of um, vibing together with the game. Just to uh, ask another frog related question, um, I know that a lot of your work you donate proceeds to charity, or at least you you fo bring focus to charities. What are some of those charities people should be checking out that are like uh, frog related? Uh, so the main guys I worked with is Save the Frogs. Um, yeah, they're so they're like the world's biggest. I think they're world's biggest uh, amphibian-based conservation charity. They're not just purely amphibian-based. They do like uh, all sorts of like a lot of it's wetlands-based conservation, uh, mostly nice. based in in the Americas. Um, but I think it was when I was like sixteen, something like that, like a long time ago, man. Uh, I did some charity work for them. I have no idea why. I just liked the name of them at the time. I think I did it for some, you know, essentially like some extra credit sort of stuff to write on my university application. <laughs> um, obviously it was a cool charity, but I, you know, I picked something to do and I was like, yeah, this sounds cool. And then years later, you know, jumped to Frog Lord. I'm like, oh wait, I did work for them in the past. They were some really sick guys. I got in contact with the guy who runs Save the Frogs. He was like really sounds musician as well. Um, 
yeah they're really good like really super transparent charity as well which i do quite like you can like go on their website and literally have a breakdown of where all of their revenue goes to and you know how everyone in the company's paid and then last year i did some stuff for pride month with the human dignity trust um and they work with uh it was like an lgbt charity they're working with like a lot of stuff in africa so you know the real heavy shit man where you know there's like death penalty for being oh that's based wow yeah uh, you know, yeah, you know it's got to do some stuff with them again you know it's funny because that's the exact same organization that that uh i don't know if you remember i linked to you a little while ago that BattleBot called robot yeah, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their, their team donates all of their proceeds to uh, that exact same charity, the Save the Frogs. Um, uh, and for, nice anyone, one, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, Ribot is a frog-themed battle bot uh, that's a bit of a champion, been been slaying in the battle bot leagues, uh, and uh, yeah, literally <laughs> built like a frog. And his weapon is his tongue. It's all. Awesome. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and the company, the company that's I great. work company i work for actually sponsors that team which is kind of cool oh no way that's cool yeah, yeah. um what, Brendan, what's your what's yeah, your favorite frog <laughs> my favorite. oh man my favorite frog um fuck i always get asked this question on like interviews podcasts and i always fucking forget <laughs> um uh vietnamese mossy frogs are pretty sick um yeah they're like really weird looking uh Oh shit, what was the one? Uh I think it's called a it might be a Darwin's frog, but it's the one where the I think it's the the female frog, she holds the eggs in her mouth when they're still gestating. And they they hatch inside of her mouth. So when they, they do eventually hatch, she just spits out live frogs. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, that's, that's like sick. a like a gastric brooding frog. I think they had Yeah. Didn't they have, they used to have, are they, they had some of those in Australia, I think at one point, I don't know if they're, I think they might be extinct, the Australian ones now. There's an Australian frog called a corroboree frog, which I like, which is, it's like, um, it's, it's yellow and black stripes. It is, mm. is completely yellow and black and it's just stripes and it's. Oh, I've seen that one. Cool. Yeah. The wiggles yeah. thing about it. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not know that. There you go. The more you know. When you said it, I just started singing the song in my head, and I'm like, God damn it. What's the song called? I have to, I have to look this up. What's the song called? Corroboree Frog. Oh, there uh, you go. Yo, they are so, they are like, so still so still so entertaining, though. I, I was at uh, a- yeah, My I kids a, used to watch that when, you know, they were younger, and I yeah. was, oh, I, oh. Yep, <laughs> like that is some catchy music. I'm gonna have to close this close this episode with a clip from that song. <laughs> yeah, you got it. It's yes. Oh, uh, yes. it's such a dumb earworm, man. You're like, why, why? Well, I feel I feel poor for not knowing it, but I'm excited to hear it at the end of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's like the point of kids' songs. They make them intentionally like that, so kids will get stuck in their head and just keep playing over and over and keep. Well, yeah, they'll sing along and they'll know, and Uh, it's like they can engage. You know, it's it makes sense. It's just funny. I've made it my mission to on my my Twitch stream to um, get the Baby Shark song like stuck in my viewers' heads every time I stream because I I often you know pull out that do 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 that little like tune i often often sing or hum that while i'm streaming and there's always a viewer that's like you got that stuck in my head again jamie <laughs> top stop it yeah jamie yeah. top 
I like that's, it. That's why that's why I started doing it. Um because it's head lasso. Head lasso, yeah. Because the the chant, and I was like, that actually is, you know, something about I love about English sports fans is you know, I watch a lot of pro wrestling, and anytime um, you know, like the, the company I watch, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they go to the UK a lot. And and even any time they're in they're in the UK, those chants are amazing. Like yeah. the singing chants, brilliant. Yeah, UK's amazing at that for sure. I can't really say I partake much in uh team sports <laughs> or watching team sports in but uh, when when I was a kid, like you know, I used to go to football stadiums and that to watch stuff and I get, yeah, I know what you mean. Show we're talking about, it's one of those things, Ted Lasso, it's it's one of those things where when you explain it to somebody who who isn't into into team sports, like you would think, oh, an NFL guy going to run a football team, and it sounds so boring. But when you right. actually watch it, it's like the way I pitch it to people so that they might get interested, because if you can get them to watch one episode, they often love it. Yep. The way I pitch it to people is Ned Flanders has a midlife crisis and moves to the UK. That's, hey, that's i'm fucking sold <laughs> yeah that, that's basically what it's about it's it's jason sudeikis playing a character who is just ned flanders <laughs> yeah but a much more complex flanders um yeah, yeah. What, what i'll say is like the show isn't about the sports it's about the people they the sports is like a sub like a, a, a setting for them to unfold character development it's basically. a background yeah exactly yeah it's, it's it's completely about the characters though what's it called ted lasso Ted Lasso. Oh, right. oh, okay. And there's, there's oh, another yeah. show. I saw, uh, well, we were finishing up um, the crowded room. We were like, well, we we'll watch. Maybe we were talking about Ted Lasso watching it. Do it. It's excellent. I've watched it Do twice it. now already. My highly like, recommend. I, sh- I show it to my wife, and then she, her family's watched it. Everyone, you know, everyone I know who's seen it loves it. But and then Yara, you put me onto the bear, which is oh, that's great. It's stressful, but amazing. It's very stressful. Yeah. Um, but if you fair- ever been a chef that shows pretty pretty good about portraying like the rush and anxiety yeah. that people get and like whatnot is like you know it's, i i grew up doing all those jobs you know and then eventually was like i was a chef at one point and, you know so it was like oh man i feel for each one of those people you know like fuck they do yeah, i remember you saying that and i was thinking about oh there was like two or three people i was thinking about when i was watching that show I was thinking about you. I was thinking about my friend's dad, like just a few people I know that have kind of been around that industry. And I was like, dude, like Rough. That, if, if this is even like half as accurate as what it's like, man, so much more respect to chefs though. Right. And like a lot of it's came down quite a bit since then, like all depending, I don't know, like as far as like, the verbal abuse and all that, you know, like it's just crazy. Like, you know, and it shows him like when he's like learning in um, those different restaurants, you know, like yeah. French laundry and whatnot. And the guy's just like, you fucking suck. Why are you moving so slow? You're stupid. Just fucking leave. You know, all that kind of shit. And it's like, oh, God damn. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Crazy shit. They do a good job. That show. If we, if I if I if I can circle back to D and D stuff for a second, have, have you seen? Um, if you've been playing D and D for a while, you may have seen some of the frog themed monsters that are in D and D. Um, like uh, like the frog Hemoth is an old school one that, that is in Fifth Ed. It's a big giant frog monster. I've never fucking heard of that before. Oh, oh the fro- the frog Hemoth is one. There's also a type of frog Hemoth. Yeah, a frog Hemoth. 
And there's I, also... I need to have some stern words with my DM after this. Be like, dude, why have you never brought this in? Jeez, <laughs> <man>. Yeah, it's <laughs> in um, what book is it in? I think it's in it's in it's in one of the expansion books. It's not. In, I don't think it's in the monster manual. I think it's in Voler's Guide to Monsters. It's in Voler's Guide to Monsters. Okay. Ask your DM about the frog hemoth in Volo's Guide to Monsters. There's also um, a demon called a Hezru, which is like a big, it's the big demonic frog, basically. Um, there's also chaos monsters called Slardy, which are like giant chaotic frog things. So there's some great, like, <laughs> there's, there's bullywogs, which are frogmen. And then there's the little poison <laughs> arrow frogmen, the grungs. Cool. <laughs> So if your DM isn't using isn't using frog hemoths and grungs and bullywugs, they need to they need to be incorporating these into your campaigns. I need to find a new DM, dude. Or or start my own fucking campaign. <laughs> you can you can do it. Yeah, you can run like a, a frog lord D and D campaign, and it, yeah. you can just incorporate like slarties and frog hemoths and bullywugs and. I always well, like Mister Bighead. What's that? Ed Bighead. Oh, from Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Incorporate him. <laughs> so I, I have, I've got two quick questions for you. One is one is frog-related and one is music-related. Um, frog runs quick, so we'll do that first. As far as your love for amphibians go, is it just frogs or does it extend to other amphibians? Amphibians of all kinds are welcome, even reptiles, you know? Great uh, to hear. Yeah. Uh, salamanders, I think, are great. One thing I, I I'm I, so I'm going to use this platform to to vent for a moment because I get ahead. so many I get so many comments on stuff. Please so do. One of our one of our mascots, uh, Herman. For for you guys who are watching, I'm just going to bring him over quickly. Um, you might have seen him on like the Instagram. So this is Herman. Oh yeah. <laughs> for anyone, you know, for anyone listening, uh, who might have seen the Instagram, the big rubber toad that's often featured. Uh, so many times I get people going like, ow. That's a toad. That's not a frog. Um, excuse me, but toads are frogs because um, <laughs> they fall under the order of Anura, uh, which are frogs. So toads are a type of frog. Sorry, man. I just had to vent that for me. No, go ahead. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, it's like it's like on uh, the second album, the Mystic Toads. Um, so I, what's I really what's the difference really... between a frog yeah, so... and a toad? So all toads are frogs, not all frogs are toads. So okay, uh, so like they're like the Greer cheese of Swiss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh boy, what a what a that's amazing, Brendan. Right or the bourbon <laughs> of whiskeys, right? Yeah. True, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, to toads essentially branched off. Uh, they're a sub, a sub, uh, family, subfamily of frog toads. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but I shouldn't let it get it, let it get under my skin as much as I do. But so many people, like I, every album or every toad related thing, people are like, oh, that's a toad. Fuck off. And it's like, well, toads are frogs, man. <laughs> yeah. Also, also when they the album they are. When when the album The Mystic Toad came out and people were like, "Oh, the album cover's actually a frog," it's like, "Yeah, read the fucking name of the album." No. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> As you might be able to tell, this is something I've been holding onto deep inside. Uh, for quite a long time. 
Let it out. <laughs> yeah. The the safe space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the 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 non frog related question, um, because we need to talk about your music a little bit more. Um, mm, what, I had a couple what, of music questions. Yeah. What what inspired your sound? Like, who do you draw inspiration from? Uh, man, it changes every single album. Uh, so the last album, uh, which was like a bit more, bit more stoner rocky, a bit more boppy, I guess. Um, uh-huh. it was kind of more of that like clutch. It's uh, good. A little bit of gr- like green lung like i was listening to them a little cool. bit love that uh, band like red red fang um, them too yeah that was the last album oh nice the one before that uh so army of frogs i remember i was listening to mastodon fuckloads before that and like maybe oh, it doesn't come mastodon. out in the album so much but it was the kind of yeah because i was fucking around a little bit with time signatures in it so mm-hmm. i can totally see how they would be an influ- i can totally i can yeah. totally see how they would be an influence on your music hmm. thank you um, but yeah, it does. It varies from album to album. I'm working on some stuff at the moment, which is based on something very different from. I mean, s- still in the stonery, sludgy, doomy realm, but different from those, like an inspiration altogether. Right. I mean, what uh, what kind of got you into this style of music? Like, who are you who are you listening to before you started making music that made you want to make music? Mm, man. Uh... So when I started Froglord, I think the band that really started it was Dope Throne. Awesome. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Because that, yeah, the start of lockdown, like they were the bands that I was listening to the most of the time. And I was just like, yeah, I, I could do. And maybe I didn't do that, but I was just like, yeah, I, I could make some music as well. Like uh, I think I was mentioning earlier before, I was doing like a black metal thing beforehand, which yeah. um, I can't remember where that went in the end. That one was like a weird progressive black metal thing, which wasn't very good. Don't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in terms of starting to like record me, I feel like I've been recording music for like maybe 15, 15 years now. So I couldn't really pinpoint it down to a area that started. Oh, that's fair. Off. Totally fair. Um, Brendan, did you have, I know you said you had some music questions. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to say, um, playing uh you guys you know played live shows obviously like um what's your favorite song to play or do you have like a, a couple songs that you play in a row that like go just fit with the story and groove yeah i'm i think hands down the favorite one to play is swamp boogie uh so that was the last one on the mystic toad okay and uh we like we usually use that for the last song of our sets um just because you can like really fucking make a spectacle of it we kind of drag it out a little bit to the end i also usually um just after the last chorus if there's not already a bit of a frog pit going i'll like i'll jump in the crowd and start (laughs) a little bit (laughs) um yeah that's definitely the best one to play the bog is also really good like that's in every single set we do nice uh yeah that was from the the bog wizard split Uh, and uh, what's what was the uh, first instrument that you learned to play? Uh, guitar's always been my main thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Who inspired yeah. you to pick that thing up? Uh, so I, yeah, it was probably a mixture of Angus Young from ACDC when I was All a right. teenager, uh, and also playing Guitar Hero. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, just playing Guitar Hero when I was like 13, 14, and completely playing the shit out of that for way more hours than I should be and then eventually get to the point where it's like maybe I should do this for real 
that's I, fine. I think that's that's yeah i think guitar hero especially guitar hero three my wife and i played that a bunch when that was popular nice man yeah i, th I think that was yeah but i think they kind of inspired the... a whole generation of new guitar players those games oh yeah, i bet yeah, man. it made it so like it made it make That's sense very true. You know I mean? if you didn't know how to play guitar previously you know like mm -hmm. you were like clicking the buttons and like you had to do like you know what i mean and you're just like oh my god i get it i get it you know i remember there being like so much uh controversy on so like kerrang radio here in the uk I remember hearing so many uh like radio talk shows and stuff people being like oh this is like destroying like music like kids aren't going to want to like pick, pick up a guitar after this and man you go like you know 20 25 years down the line and like i think it's done a lot of good yeah i can't, I can't remember who it was but there was some musician they did an interview with and he was it was hilarious he was saying that his kid beat, kicks his ass at guitar hero playing his songs nice <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like it's my song and i i can't even beat my son on guitar hero playing it <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> but like going back to the um like that angus young acdc thing yeah of course like that that was maybe not like it was it was a big inspiration i guess for me to pick up guitar but like the actual like stage presence of angus when he was you know proper jumping around and going crazy i think that yeah was yeah that i because like when i'm on stage playing like just the, the frog lord the frog lord character in general you know it's pretty uh a pretty flamboyant out there individual and when i'm on stage i do uh yeah i do go pretty wacky <laughs> I, I, I think that stems a lot from that i remember my, my first ever time i played on stage was in a battle of the bands when i was in like year 10 uh, 10th grade um and yeah I was only playing rhythm guitar for, I think we we're doing a cover of I Love Rock and Roll. Man, I went fucking wild. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. For those, like, I might play two chords, but I played the shit out of them two chords. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just something that's sort of carried through. That's wild. Oh, um, by the way, it was Zach Wilde who said that his son oh, beat nice. his own music. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. That's Carry great. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify. Uh, I know, oh, like, whenever my, like, especially after we were playing it a bunch, like, we'd hear, like, um, uh, you know, like, the Primus song, you know, John the Fisherman, I'd be like, red, red, uh, blue, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Or, like, anytime we hear, like, a bass line or something like that, too, it'd be funny. We'd just be like, yellow, red, yellow, red. Yeah. Nice. Um, nonetheless, uh, What's your uh, favorite venue to um, play in in your area? Uh, so in Bristol, uh, like I think the nice venue is the Exchange. Um, and that's got like a real DIY punk kind of vibe. You know, it's one of those sort of like, I wouldn't say like dive bar because it's a bit more classic than dive bar. But it's it's got that kind of like underground feel, like it's all community owned um like they do seem to do a real effort of supporting local acts um and they get some real fucking good names through uh uh the melvins played there twice last month nice um oh, I think nice. That's, that's something to do with, like their tour manager was like mates with the guy who owns the place um but they do get like it's it's only like a 300 capacity like the main room so it's pretty small man but um they get they do get some decent names coming through yeah nice 
Do you have any do you have any venues that you would really, really like to play one day that you haven't played at? Um yeah. So I used to live up in Edinburgh in Scotland. Uh nice. and there's a Love couple Edinburgh. up there. Uh there's one place was it uh the banshee's labyrinth that was my favorite bar up there and it was i mean as every other fucking bar in edinburgh says the most haunted bar in edinburgh they all <laughs> that's cool <laughs> um but man it was fucking sick it was over like three levels like the bottom one it went like underground into the crypts so you're like oh in, that's underground awesome cellar crypt thing and that's where one of the the actual stage was really small cool. it was probably only about that's so cool yeah that was a cool spot um uh there's somewhere in leeds uh boom they've got they've you mentioned about wrestling before uh yeah. they've they've got like a cool really cool venue like a few different rooms they do mostly sort of like punk and hardcore there but i've been there for like a few gigs when i used to live uh in yorkshire and oh. often often in the past you'll be there for a gig and in the room next door so you'll go out like outside like the smoking area and in like the the room next door you can see there's like some like uh, semi-pro wrestling going on. It's just such a fucking wild place, man. <laughs> oh, indie promotion, yeah. Yeah. yeah Leeds, cool. it'd be like Tidal or maybe Rev Pro or something. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I, um, I remember once going, because like I was saying, there's a few different rooms at Boom. Uh, once I went there to go see a Doom gig. It was a band called Fawn. And I went into the main room and I assumed it was just like the support band or something because they started playing some hardcore and I was like, fine, yeah, like it's not really my jam, but you know, um, maybe maybe this is a Doom band and they're just like a very fast intro. And then I realized there was like a bunch of kids in track suits and they started like crowd killing and and as soon as one did a cartwheel, I was like, no way, I'm in the wrong fucking room. Went next door and it was just <laughs> like, it was just a bunch of middle-aged, uh, like overweight middle-aged dudes, stone, just standing in a room, slowly bobbing their heads, like, "Ah, this is the room I'm meant to be in. <laughs> this is my, these are my people." Yeah. <laughs> are, are there any regions, like uh, any regions or countries, you would really like to like to play in or tour in? Um, I really want to play Germany. Um, I get messages probably once every couple of weeks, people asking me to come to some place in Germany um and from friends I've had who have like done tours through there it seems like a really good place uh it's like a really culture for uh I, I think they just like there's a get you at Varken one day yeah oh mate that'd be freaking sick um we just had Bloodstock Festival here actually which uh oh is a bit of a source, bit of a <laughs> bit of a sore subject. Like we were just in Melt to the Masses, so it's like a, a battle of the bands sort of competition, um, and then they do it in various regions around the UK, and the winners play at Bloodstock Festival. Uh, we came second, which to be uh, fair, the guys play, the guy the guys who played first, yeah, they were fucking great. Like they they were, you know, that that festival it's more of like an extreme metal festival, um, which they were a lot more. Ah, uh, gotcha. It's not really like goofy stoner rock about frogs festival it's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah fair enough man yeah <laughs> that's funny what what's your um your favorite city uh to play in and visit go back and visit uh shit i mean we haven't like done a massive amount of touring at this point um last year oh no it was at the start of this year we did a little tour uh, we played in Norwich, so that's on the east coast of the UK. 
uh even people from the uk don't know where the fuck norwich is so i'm not expecting yeah. anyone here to know <laughs> um but that's where i kind of grew up and we played this gig in this crypt just opposite like underground just opposite the cathedral there um and it was a really fucking nice show because i think that was like 10th time or something we played live so it was a really lovely experience you know playing my hometown um so it's and there's a really good music scene there um hell yeah brendan you got any other uh local questions that that finished it up for me i think i i do have a question um Mm. the album art for sons of frog frog lord can you do do you have anything you might be able to share like did you um what sort of contact did you have with Bobby Satikno, who I think did the art? Like, how how did the the process for that go? Like, uh, I went on Instagram, searched psychedelic frogs, just looking up ideas for things, and it came up at some point. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, "Hey man, can I use this as the album art?" It was like, "Yeah, sure." Gave him his a art bit of money. style's wild. Yeah, man, he's fucking sick. Uh, yeah. Someone someone commented. Uh, in princess mononoke you know the whole uh the vine things with the hogs it like reminds yep, me of that. yeah yeah that's uh oh yeah yeah definitely reminiscent of that but yeah i think with it's been the case apart from the first album amphibian ascending it's been a case of i've found stuff that's already been pre-made by people oh yeah and then yeah um in in the case of army of frogs that was fan art some guy about a year beforehand before the album came out just sent me this thing on instagram being like hey man here's a picture i drew while listening to frog lord i was like oh, this is sick i'm gonna use it as the album art for the next one and that's cool yeah commissioned him for it so i'm not gonna let anyone go without so Awesome. I do like the um I do love that uh with Frog in the Bog. I love that kind of uh that old school 16-bit kind of style. Um to be fair, the, the album art for that one, the guys at Bog Wizard saw that art. I think they did. Yeah. Uh, they um they based it off there is this uh I think it's a Super Nintendo game, maybe. Oh, really? And it's pretty much the artwork off that, but then it's been stylized and put the wizard in it and stuff. Um huh it's called i think it is just called frogs um yeah do, do you know any is there anything you can i think with the frog lord cometh you've it's, it has like a it's the only one that's like a it's like a photo of a frog isn't it it's like a it's like a photo i think yeah yeah that's because uh um, what's the story with that that was a picture i found online <laughs> uh, oh um because that cool photo like, yeah because that was from the the first ep um when it was frog lord still wasn't i wasn't taking it seriously i guess not that yeah i take it seriously as like my main musical outlet now but at the time it was just it was just like oh this is some dumb little thing that i'm just going to do this one ep for and just a hobby yeah never never look at again um so not really a lot of time i just literally found a picture online and changed some of the coloring on it Yeah. yeah okay yeah that's interesting <laughs> it's funny when you do like it's funny when you when you start out on a project and it's just something you kind of start with for you know you're just doing it as like a fun little hobby project or something like that and then it just ends up kind of spiraling and becoming this big thing like that's kind of the cave dweller kind of started that way um yeah. you know so and here we are how long has it been going for now 
almost three years now. Three years, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is our third yeah. year. Was that was so. it? Uh, so was that a like COVID lockdown? Sort of yes, maybe? very much so. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Man, so much good shit's come out of it. Yeah, it has creativity. Like people were trapped indoors, had to make something. Uh, a lot of great stuff was born. It's. I think we're the web's the official cave dweller because we started as something else, a different name that was not too serious. But uh, September is three years, so next month. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely sweet. Yeah, and then uh, the podcast started a little after that, but maybe a couple of months. So it's been almost three years on the mm. podcast. Mm. Yeah. Was it all three so, of you guys together? Uh, so normally it's just Brendan and I, but like uh, Yari really liked your work and he wanted to say, hey, so I asked him if he wanted to jump on. He he does <laughs> our reel. He does the reels for this site and then he does uh, Twitch streaming. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, I, I think you were asking, I think he was asking who started with, with, with Cave Dweller. It was, oh, that was originally, that... it was originally James and, um, and, and Matt, who is our host for a, community radio show down in Australia. Um, they were the original founders. And then I jumped on board pretty early. I think Brendan came on board pretty early. Um, yeah. Brendan was first. Yeah. He, he, uh, he was just started posting in our groups and I was like, man, this guy's got pretty sweet taste in music. So I hit him up. I was like, Hey, we're kind of starting this thing. Do you want to be an admin? He was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah. it happened that way. And we've been friends for years now. Yeah, mm-hmm. James, I remember James. James when James first told me, like, um, you know, because it originally started as just this little meme page, basically, yeah. and yeah. and then I remember James saying to me one day, like, I think we should do like, what if we just run like a like so, some reviews that are a bit, you know, we could just do I could just do some serious, more serious stuff, and I was like, I'll do, I'll help with that, <laughs> yeah, because I I had you know as with a lot of people, like my I, I was before that my main outlet for writing was primarily academic and i i had just finished up with that so um i was looking for like an outlet to just you know like a a a creative outlet i guess and cave dweller worked really well for me back then still does yeah Yeah. and then we all kind of like a lot of us kind of branched out to other things from this so like like uh yari mentioned matt actually does a broadcast radio show in australia it's attached to our site which is really cool Mm -hmm. um I've got a non-profit record label that works with marginalized artists on the side that's called Heritage Harmony Records. That's super different type of music. Like it's more like funk, world music, folk, like like just a different world for me to operate in. Um, and then uh, Yari's got his Is that all based Twitch in the States? Is that all based in the States, the artists it, you work with? No, so I exclusively work with people outside of Western Europe and the United States and Canada. Uh, so the, Heritage the whole, Harmony, yeah. Yeah, the whole point is to kind of give representation to what I refer to as like underrepresented and marginalized artists. So I work with people from like Africa, South America, um, Asia, uh, Eastern Europe, just places where they just don't get the representation. Yeah. How do you get in contact with artists? Uh, Because, you know, if you say like marginalized artists, that naturally implies that. I think it's a process of, um, if you don't mind me, answering i think it's a process of um at at least in when where i've assisted james with heritage harmony something that i've done was you take you do you can do copious research and you um you can like Bandcamp is a huge tool for this because there's something you know something we do uh, to not to it's not to change too much but like something we do with cave dweller every month that um has been really important for me uh the past couple years is the theme weeks where 
we devote a week of coverage to different parts of the world. And yeah. one of the really big things I've noticed from that, like, is there, there are so many artists that, um, that upload their stuff to Bandcamp and they have fantastic work and but no, no views, no listens, basically. Yeah. And, and the English speaking media just isn't covering them because it's yeah. just, it's just such a narrow focus on music from certain countries of certain languages. And even in those countries, you can see like, like in the United States, there's so many, so many language minorities that produce like amazing music in other languages. And um, so I think like with heritage harmony, I think um, part of it is like um, asking artists we know uh, from certain regions, because, you know, like having, having done cave dweller, um, and James with Shredstorm, like we have connections and roots in places like Brazil and Mexico and, you yeah. know, so, and Nigeria. So we've been able to work those contacts to find artists. Um, and yeah, and like Bandcamp is like an incredible resource if you know how to search, search. Through, through the tags and find, yeah. yeah. It's uh the hard part really isn't finding the artists. It's actually like, uh, I guess, getting them to trust you because it comes across mm. as, like them, you know, they're kind of cautious because oh, so this guy from America is just offering to help put my music out, but he wants no money in return, and that like that's yeah. suspicious. Um, hey, I'm 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 cautious enough enough as it is. Like if people were to approach me about anything, like in yeah, the past with stuff. So I imagine in that context, it's uh, that's a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially so, when you're not asking for money and you're and yeah, you're yeah. you know <laughs> when you tell people like this is free like. Um, a lot of the time, especially in the art world, or when when it's people who are doing something publicly, you're naturally very skeptical about it. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's been like uh, basically a process of uh, some people are really like open to it because I just be like, "Hey, look, I've been doing this for years. Here's my cave dweller site. Here's my PR firm. Like, I'm in the public eye. I know, you know, I'm I'm a public figure in music. I'm not some random dude on the internet. that's a shadow figure. Mm. Um, and then basically, like, we have a, a contract done up that is really clear that of what we represent um and I, I think as well as it gets bigger it seems less sketchy so the more yeah. like artists that sign the more like followers we have on socials and youtube and all that stuff um mm-hmm. people are much more likely to to believe you i guess uh if like, you build it they will listen yeah like <laughs> I, I just i talked yeah to, like, the old kevin costner rule exactly <laughs> yeah i mean the, the youtube channel is like really blowing up now which is awesome it gives me a little more like credibility for the label to work on um so i've I've just been leading with that when i talk to people like hey like this is my label this is the youtube check it out i can get like your album a bunch of views and they're like oh sweet so (laughs) that helps sorry if it's a super long-winded answer no no like send send us uh, a link to all the stuff for that later because i've been going through a bit of a musical funk recently so i need some i mean forgive the pun funk but um um yeah i need some new, st- new stuff yeah I'll, I'll send it over there's a good variety on there and uh t- there's like is it 12 artists on the label now uh i'm in talks with another six or so so there is some oh. fantastic stuff on heritage harmony there is yeah. there is some fantastic stuff that has been signed yeah yeah i need to tell you about some other stuff after this year i got some cool stuff in the works um oh yeah from like nigeria and other parts of south africa oh, and stuff i i have a question for you this is Maybe like a silly question. I don't know. But with the Sam Hine album, right? There is so <laughs> such a nerdy question. In Naruto, there's this giant orange frog called Gama. 
and and there are even scenes where it's literally Gama in the trees, like towering over the trees. And so, is there like any? <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I have never watched Naruto. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I have to send you. I mean, I only just started watching this show like last year, so I don't know. But I have to show you. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna find a clip of Gama sitting there in the trees, and I will DM it to you. And I swear, <laughs> you are gonna look at this, and you're gonna go. This is just, like, this is, oh, what, shit. Like, the there's Samhain. another thing that I've like ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was looking at it and I was like, I was like, yo, this is like the giant god frog from. <laughs> uh, at least let me have some like feeling of original thought somewhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're, we're coming up on time here. Um, Yari, did you have anything else to ask or Brendan? Um, I'm good to go. Nice. Um, one thing I would say is that um, if you were in the UK and you were listening to this, Froglord has some gigs coming up in Nottingham and Bradford, Manchester, Bristol at the end of the month. Um, please go check them out. They are fantastic. Um, and some yeah. more towards the end of the year, which have not yet been announced. So if you're in the UK, keep your eye on that. And keep an eye on Cave Dweller Music's um, Instagram page because um, there will be episodes of the Cave to where I will remind you about these. <laughs> nice. So keep keep an eye out for Froglord. That's right. So I've got one last question for you then before you, you let you go, and this one's uh, going to put you on the spot a little bit. Sure. Uh, okay, if you were stranded on a desert island and you had a solar powered discman and only three CDs to listen to on repeat until you got rescued, what would they be? Uh, um right one of them's probably gonna have to be a tool record um yeah. probably lateralis good choice um second would be farewell to kings by rush oh, okay. i'm loving these choices and the third fuck um Hmm. Maybe I just have to go with the classic, do with uh, a Sabbath album, you know, nice, easy go. No, no, fuck that, actually. Zeppelin, fourth album. Nice. Uh, good, good classic to go back to. Great album. Good selection. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic selection. Awesome. So the last part is a really simple one. Uh, if people want to buy your merchandise, listen to your music, or follow you on socials, where would they do those things? uh socials head over to instagram that's where i do most of my dumb shit posting kind of stuff uh check out that obviously Bandcamp, big cartels where you got all the merch in that but uh yeah just keep an eye on Bandcamp. got some more stuff potentially lined up for the end of the year uh which is going back to the heavier sort of origins of frog lord so nice take that give that a listen awesome well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time and love talking about amphibians with you. It's great. Yeah, this has been great fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, and you're welcome back anytime in the future. I mean, I know you put a lot of stuff out, so if you want to come back and talk about that, just let us know. And for everyone listening at home, thanks for tuning in. Uh, come back next week with another guest for you. <laughs>